Fellow teammates, welcome to another episode of the Move Swiftly podcast. I am your host, Aswan Crookshank, the founder of Gym 44 Recruiting and author of Swiftly, Your Guide to Innovative Teamwork. Teammates, growing up in Silver Spring, Maryland, right on the outskirts of Washington, D.C. By the time you get to high school, you get very anxious to go out clubbing because you're right there in the nation's capital where the, the nightlife is very vibrant and there's parties everywhere. Believe it or not, there were underage clubs, clubs that were just for 18 and younger kids, really catering to the high school environment. Now, I, there was one club in particular. The name of this club was Club Illusions. And I attended, I attended three nights. There were three times that I actually attended. As you guys know, in high school, my grades weren't that great, so I wasn't allowed to do too much partying. <laughs> but I did manage to get out a few nights. Now, the first time I went to Club Illusions, my mother, my father, and my sister dropped me that night. And something happened on the way to the club that completely changed my life forever. Changed the way I thought. As we were on the way, as they were on the way of dropping me to the party, my father and my sister, they remembered that they needed to buy something at Best Buy. At the time, my sister was in college, and I believe it was something for her laptop that they needed. And... They stopped on the way to a Best Buy and they went into the Best Buy and they were shopping around looking for whatever it is they needed. Now, while they were in Best Buy, I was in the car and my girlfriend called me and she, she called to make sure I had my ID. She wanted to make sure I was getting there on time. She wanted to know what I was wearing. She wanted to know what kind of toothpaste I used that morning, <laughs> right? I mean, it, it was just, she was just that kind of girl. It was still early on in typical high school, you know, new love type of a thing. Now, when my, when my sister and my father got back in the car, my mother made an observation that has completely changed my life changed the trajectory, changed the way I thought. When they got back in the car, she said to those two, she goes, you know what? You two are so ridiculous. The boy have people waiting for him and calling him, trying to make sure he's there at a certain time. And you guys pick now to go pick up whatever it is you needed in the stores. You guys can drop them off first and then pick up whatever it is you needed. And teammates, she was right. And I'm so happy she pointed that out because I would have never realized what they did. I never would have even thought that they were doing things to to stop my progress, to stop my growth. I never even considered it if she didn't point that out. And the reason I tell you guys that is because it's very, that's a, just sort of a snapshot of what it's been like to be Aswan Crookshank, what it really is like to be an Aswan Crookshank. And don't get me wrong, I love my sister and I love my father. And as I've grown up, I've started to come to an understanding of why they acted like that or why they are, are the way they are. I understand my older sister having a tough time watching her little brother grow up. And I understand my father, one of the few fathers that is actually, was actually there for me growing up. 
I understand how difficult it must have been for him to see me grow and become a man. And, and they just aren't ready for that to happen. You know, I have a niece and nephew myself now that I think, as, as usual, I think they're growing too fast. And I understand them on that level. However, little things like that is what I've become so accustomed to. Here I am, I'm, I'm progressing into a man, and they do something really small to try to stop my progress. And teammates, today's discussion is all about those people that you love, all those, those people that you care about, how they get in your way, and how we have to look at those people and use them as a way of getting stronger. Understand that they are here to make us stronger. One of the main reasons, the, not one of the main reason that I have become an expert on the subject of teamwork, why I have wrote a book on teamwork. Like I, I can talk to you about teamwork for hours and hours and hours and hours. I know it cold. It's because I have become so accustomed to people teaming up against me, very much like my father and sister did that particular night. And it happened naturally. I can almost guarantee you that them two would not even remember that night. We not even remember what they did. I promise you, they don't even remember it because it happened naturally. And I've become so accustomed to people doing little things like that. And, and that's why, again, I can't thank my mother enough for really pointing that out. Because if she didn't point it out that night, I would spend the rest of my life letting people take advantage of me like that. Letting the haters win. Letting the people who, who just don't like seeing me progress. The ones that want to see you progress, but they don't want you to progress too much. The ones that want to keep you at an arm's length. You know what I'm, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about, right? We got to use those people as a way of getting better. We got to understand that God has put those people in our life so we can get stronger. And I'm going to tell you guys exactly how. One, one of my favorite books is uh, Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. It was actually my literature teacher in high school. His name was Mike Hibbs. He was also the head basketball coach. He made us read that book my senior year. And he was telling us, listen, when you guys get into the real world, you're going to thank me for recommending this book. And I thank you, Mr. Mike Hibbs. All right, the book is all about a boy who goes through his entire life and he's working his ass off. He's going through college. He's going through the real world. A lot of everything that you're probably going through yourself. And he goes through this entire story nameless. All right, I don't want to spoil it for you. Go pick up the book Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison. But I read that and I felt like I was reading my biography. Because all throughout my 20s, ever since, like, Ever since I can remember, I've been constantly overlooked, constantly the team player. And it gets tiring after a while when people don't take you seriously, when you really want to have an opinion, when you really want to give a thought and you know you can create something when no one's going to listen to you. Now, one of my favorite verses in the Bible is Matthew 10, verse 34, and it says, God did not come to bring peace on earth. Peace on earth. God came to bring a sword. I'm going to say that one again. I want you guys to jot it down. God did not come to bring peace on earth. He came to bring a sword, a weapon for fighting. So if you really want this life, if you really want this life of fulfillment, if you really want to go the distance, you have to understand 
God is giving you the weapons to fight. He's not coming to bring peace. That verse talks about if you love a sister or a father or a mother-in-law, whoever, if you love anybody more than God, then you're not fit to live. Again, write it down, Matthew 10, verse 34. Understand, when you get people who are in your way, constantly in your way, it's there to make you better. And I do not make this mistake, teammates. Do not look at these people and make them use them as an excuse for why you didn't get to where it is you're supposed to get in life. All right, I was going down that path. I almost made that same mistake. Again, you guys know I grew up in Maryland, grew up up north, and you know the way I grew up was a lot like my father and my sister. There was always this sense of, I don't want him to go too far. My mother's been the only one that has stuck with me through and through, all right? And I was constantly running into that in the workplace. And when I decided to move to Florida, I thought I just wouldn't have to deal with it. I was running away from all the, what I call haters. I was running away from all the people that I thought are just, they're just not there for me. They just don't want to, they don't want to see me succeed. I want to go out and make it on my own. And when I moved to Florida, I thought I was finished with that. I thought I just wasn't going to have to deal with people who hold me back. And I was mistaken. Now, it wasn't a mistake for me to move to Florida, but it was a mistake for me to think that I could outrun that, that, that sense of people holding me back from achieving everything I'm trying to achieve. I'll give you guys an example. When I first got to South Florida, I was absolutely obsessed with this girl. There's a girl I found on, well, I guess I, I worked at an Orange Theory, and, you know, Orange Theory has a good connection with the Miami Heat dancers, and she was the Miami Heat dancer that made the most sense for me. She was the best on paper, right? Not only was she a Miami Heat dancer, but she majored in broadcasting. She wanted to build her career as a sports broadcaster, and I read somewhere that she wanted to open up her own off-season training facility. All right, she was perfect. And on top of that, she was fine as hell. I mean, damn fine. She had that walk where you just look at it as like, she is damn fine. I mean, she's not looking too great now, but at least, you know, what you see on the internet, she's fine. <laughs> All right. Now, there was a catch with this girl. There was a catch. She, in addition to being a Miami Heat dancer, she worked at a church that her father founded and was the preacher at. So it was like, here we go. You know, and, and if you me with someone that fine, you got to take action. I've, I've never been a real social media talker type of a guy. If I like someone, if I'm feeling you, I'm going to take action. If I see a good connection, you're going to see me some kind of way. I'm going to get real aggressive. All right. So that's what I did. I became a member of that particular church. And I was in that church three days a week. I was in there Sunday, Wednesdays and Saturdays for the Bible studies. And it completely changed my life. I mean, me and her father, his name is Pastor Jackson, me and her father became like best friends at that particular time. In fact, one of the main reasons I'm able to do this particular podcast is because every Sunday I would see him deliver a sermon by himself. There was no choir. There was no band. There, there was nothing but him delivering a solid sermon. And people would leave this church feeling refreshed. 
So when it came time for me to create this podcast, I knew I wasn't going to need a guest every week. I wasn't going to have to go and chase people around and try to get them on. I knew I could create the content on my own. And Pastor Jackson, I thank you from the very bottom of my heart for showing me the way and showing me how to do it. However, because of that, don't take, and if you're listening, Pastor Jackson, don't take what I'm getting ready to say the wrong way. Now, once I realized that his daughter wanted absolutely nothing to do with me, I don't know what the reason was. I guess I was too ugly, too aggressive, was broke. Whatever the hell the reason was, was totally fine. I moved on and I understood because at the end of the day, I know I'm an aggressive guy. I know I have a niece and I, I can respect when a woman just has, wants nothing to do with me. I can move on. I had already met the other heat dancers. I had already been interacting with other girls. In fact, I got another girl to come to the church with me. My focus, once I realized that she wanted nothing, wanted nothing to do with me, was all about what's best for the church because it was making such a difference in my life. Right. I wasn't spending my money going out, running the streets and clubbing. I mean, I'm in Miami. I'm brand new. I'm single. I'm good looking. And I'm in Miami and I'm spending all my money on the church and spending all my time on doing something productive because I saw the synergy between what it is I want to do and what the church is trying to accomplish. It's a great it's a great opportunity for me. And I've never I've never had a, a preacher like him in my life. I've never had an opportunity to, to grow and develop in the word of God, with the a relationship with God. And because of all that, I would send professionally written emails to that particular church. Yes, I knew his daughter was going to read it, but at this point, I figured she moved on, I moved on, she don't want me, I don't want her, and that's that. Now, after Bible study one Saturday, Pastor Jackson pulls me aside and we sit down and we have one of our private conversations. And the second he asked me to sit down, I knew it could only mean one thing. Because this was the second time he's done it. The first time was, okay, I understand. But the second time, this was just ridiculous. It was ridiculous because at this point, at this point, it had gone on long enough. And at this point, I had realized that he was the problem. I got tired of letting him off the hook. All right. It was this conversation where he started to imply this is and now we talk for over an hour, but I'm just going to give you the thesis of what he said to me. He said to me, and this was based upon an email that I sent. He said to me that if I have any more issues with his daughter, that he was going to have to ask me to stop coming. Stop coming to church, teammates. And I think to myself, I mean, issues are when men are physically abusing women. Issues are when men are cussing women out. Issues is when a man is cheating on a woman. That's an issue. All right? So for him to actually have the audacity to think that me stopping coming or uh, suggesting that I stop coming was going to be a solution when there's so few men out there that are trying to do the right thing, at that point, I lost respect for him as a, as a father. I, start, I lost respect for him as a husband. And I lost respect for him as a businessman. Which is a good thing because one of the, one of the verses that he taught me was Colossians 3.23. And I want you guys to write this down. 
Colossians 3.23, it says, do all your work unto God and not unto man. And what I started to learn at that point is that my relationship was, with God was growing, and that's why I was losing respect for Pastor Jackson. Because I went right back. There was no difference between him and his daughter teaming up against me than it, when my, my father and my sister decide to go into Best Buy when I'm on the way to a Club Illusions. It's the same exact principle. It was the same exact concept. The only difference is my mother wasn't there to point it out this time. I had to point it out on my, my own. But you're starting to see how what, the, what my own father and my own sister did that night is directly, is directly reminiscent, is directly relatable what Pastor Jackson and his daughter did to me. As I'm progressing, there these two people are teaming up against me to stop my progress. Now, teammates, I'm not up here complaining. I'm not going to sit up here and vent and, and talk and bash those at all. I want you guys to understand what a blessing it has been to me that I can recognize it and how much stronger it makes me. I, he never officially asked me to stop coming. I stopped going to that church on my own. All right. After a while, I just got sick of it. I got sick of hearing his word, and I, had no, I lost all my respect for him. And I had to find alternative ways to, to grow with God and to continue this walk of faith that I had started. And I started listening to uh, Devon Franklin. His name is Devon Franklin. He's a Hollywood producer. He's the author of The Wade and 12 Commandments. Tons of books. Just Google them and you'll find tons of content out there on them. And he's become one of my favorite people. He delivers a lot of different sermons. And in one of his sermons, he said that the greatest actors are not in Hollywood. The greatest actors are in the church. And it was at that point, teammates, where he, it's almost like he took some of my heartstrings and he just started playing the guitar with them, right? Because I felt his point. I could understand his point. And I was so happy that I was able to move on. Because these people, these people that hold you back in life, and I know that's why you're listening. As I'm telling you these stories, I know you're thinking of somebody in your life that has somebody that you love, someone that you've tried to help, someone that you've genuinely, genuinely wanted to help, who holds you back, who doesn't have the decency to just let you go and do your thing. It does everything in the power to put roadblocks on you. I want you to understand it's all for your benefit. All right? It's for your benefit. Don't let that person keep you from your dreams. All right? They're there so you can find a way on your own. You could see it and you could sense it. You could sense it from a mile away to say, okay, all right, that's the kind of person you are. I'm going to keep moving. It's better to know now. Don't, don't wait till you, you're in a relationship with this person. Let's say I would have ended up with the pastor's daughter. I, I wouldn't have found out till years later the kind of, the kind of, person that she really is. I want to use another word, but I'm going I'm to be very respectful on this, all right? And then I would have been in more trouble because I would have found out later on down the line that she's full of shit. When people show you who they are, believe them the first time. And I'll close with this. In high school, I had a coach. His name is Kevin McFadden. Kevin McFadden was one of the three coaches that actually worked at the school. 
He worked in the counseling department. And during my senior year, I overheard him talking to one of the girls who was having a rough day. It was one of the high school girls. And he said to this girl, he said, when people hating on you, that means you're doing something right. It's another, it's another nugget I'd like for you guys to jot down when you have a chance. When people hating on you, that means you're doing something right. Actually, let's, let's do a declaration. I want you guys to repeat after me. When people are hating on me, that means I'm doing something right. Let's do it one more time. When people are hating on me, that means I'm doing something right. I was doing the right thing by continuing to support this church, yet I got a lot of haters, right? I was, for the most part in my life, I've done the right thing. I've never been arrested. I've never been in jail. I've, I've never been caught DUI. never got cited. Now, all that nonsense, I've never had to deal with any social issues. For the most part, I have done the right thing throughout my entire life, yet I got tons of people that can't stand me, tons of people that don't want anything to do with me. I gave you guys two stories of, of people hating on me. Trust me when I tell you I don't have the time to give you all of them because we'll be up here for hours and hours and hours and hours. I've just learned to understand that it's a lifestyle. All right, teammates? So remember, when you encounter those haters, when you encounter those people that hold you back in life, be sure to understand that they are here for your benefit and it means, it means that you're doing something the right way. Fellow teammates, continue to move swiftly. We'll talk more soon. Here. And for the haters of LeBron James, and there are a lot out there, and maybe it's because he's a roadblock for your team, you're a Warriors fan or something like that. I get that. That's okay. You can hate on him for that. But I mean for everyone else. It's weird how we develop these allegiances to certain athletes out of market. They don't play for our team. They're just stars. And we hate on others. Like, who knows why? They rub you the wrong way, or they come up small in the finals, or, what, or you think they get too much attention on the way up, or you're a Kobe fan and you don't like LeBron at a certain point starting to take his shine. Whatever that is that has you hating on LeBron, again, unless he's a roadblock, you know, you're a Warriors fan or something like that, just give it up. Don't do it because, because there's no future in front of him. And the main <laughs> thing is you're just hurting yourself. I've experienced this. When I was a kid, there were athletes I hated on irrationally. We all have this as sports fans. And one day, you know what happens? They're not there anymore. And you missed it. You didn't get to enjoy it. Um, I just want to talk to the irrational LeBron haters out there, especially the younger people who haven't experienced like a generation of athletes yet. Enjoy this. Don't hate on the guy. Try to get over it. Don't no. front on him because the only person you're hurting is yourself. This guy is amazing. Well, let me let me let me close it by saying this, Max. Uh, the reason why you bring up one's blackness in my in my in, in my instance is that we saw Tiger Woods as a two-time winner under there. Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer I've ever seen. He's probably the greatest ever. He's accomplished tremendous things. He was also an individual that publicly tried to disassociate himself from his own blackness. And that's something that resonates with the black community. I'm not asking you that. I'm telling you. Uh, LeBron James never tried to do that. Not one time. Mm -hmm. He is unapologetically himself. He is somebody that embraces himself. 
his culture. He remembers where he comes from. And that's the level of pride that somebody like me can sit on national television and fully appreciate. I thank him for that. Nobody's perfect. Mm -hmm. And I'm quite sure there are things that I'll be critical about him watching his basketball play. But make no mistake about it, I have profound respect and admiration and appreciation for what he means to basketball and what he means to our community and what he means to this world as a global sports iconic figure. This is a special, special man. It is irrational to feel any way else about yeah. LeBron. It's not rational. I heard you. Don't hurt yourself. We're telling those people no. out there. And unlike our earlier MVP debate, this one, absolutely a no-brainer. I want from retards. There's a lot of angry people out there and they don't feel like they are where they want to be in life and yeah. they see someone, you know, it's like that expression crabs in a bucket. Do you have that expression in Australia? No, no. Crabs in a bucket, they never get out of the bucket because all the other crabs are trying to pull them down. So as they're trying to climb out, another crab grabs them okay. and drags we, them We down. call it tall poppy syndrome here in Australia. Tall poppies? Yeah. Someone tries to climb up and everyone cuts them down. And uh, you got to try and climb up again and yeah. get cut down. Tall well, poppy syndrome. It really is like a, a, a part of human nature. Is people don't want to see people that are better than them. And instead of being inspired by people who are better than them, which really it can benefit you and yeah. aid you, instead they try to belittle people who are ahead of you. People who are you know, more successful or people who are doing something that you wish you were doing. You know, I mean, it's it's so common for people to just shit on people that are ahead of you in line. You know, look at this motherfucker, yeah. you know, look at this guy with his car, look at this guy with his house, look at this guy on TV, look at this guy, you know, playing basketball. That could have been me. Yeah, that should be me. That, the guy sucks. He's got no defense, got no this, got no that. I mean, I see some of the disrespectful things that people say about fighters. Forget about what I do, because you can say I suck and it doesn't really hurt my feelings, because it's only commentary. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, and it's... But fighters, man, when, when a guy gets his ass kicked and, and not only that gets humiliated in front of the whole world, he's dedicated a gigantic chunk of his life to this moment. I mean, I told you, my preparation is nothing. Yeah. I show up and I, I do commentary. If I did a bad job, you know, doing commentary, the worst thing is I'm like, man, that was a, I could have done better. Yeah. And I'll feel bad about it. But it's not like a devastating knockout loss in front of the whole world when you've been talking shit for six weeks about how you're going to fuck this guy up and you've trained your ass off and you got up early in the morning, went running every day, and you did your strength and conditioning, you did all your sparring, you did everything you could possibly do, and that guy, boom, connected, and the lights go out in Georgia, yeah. and that's a wrap, and there's nothing you could do about that, and then you go on the forums, and you read, that faggot, I'm so happy, I laughed my ass off, yeah. you know, I was so fucking happy you got knocked out, when you see stuff like that, man, that is rude, mean shit, you know, and that... It's way more devastating than fighters. I've seen so many fighters run off the underground, the underground yeah. forum. So many guys just won't post there anymore because they get their feelings hurt. You yeah. know, it's just there's a lot, a lot of shitheads in the world. But if you can get past that, and if you can just, just, just relax, take it all in. I firmly believe that there's way more benefit in all these people criticizing you and observing you and watching you. It's just you're going to get disrespectful people, but that's just going to teach you about human nature, and all that just helps you. In, in everything you do, I think. Do you see yourself going through another season as tough as the last two have been? I mean, no. But when, when you're going through situations, I mean, what option do you have but to go through it? Man, what, cho what choice do you have? You know what I mean? It's not like you can run away. You know, like, the, how about the pressures from fans expecting... Kobe to bail him out. Their expectations will never be higher than my own. Never. Never, 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 never. How's that ankle feeling today?
Pretty sore, pretty sore, but manageable. When you wake up in the morning, it's always, that's when it's always the worst. Has there been any silver lining in the last few years? Because you've had some injuries. Yeah, it's, um, I, I, I had the opportunity to sit and, and, and uh, really think, okay, what comes next? Because I'd always known that this window was going to come. And since the age of 20, I've always kind of thought, okay, what am I going to do after? What comes next? And so I've always kind of been searching and searching and searching and searching and searching for that. And when the Achilles injury took place and I'm laying in the bed with the cast on and can't move, I say, oh, I need to, I need to really get on this. <laughs> I really need to get on this and figure out what comes next because yeah, the end could be up here a lot closer than you think. And then what are you gonna do? Did you come to grips with oh, that? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. And then you can go about your day. Yeah, and then, then you take on that challenge, right? So even though, you know, which actually helped me through the, through the injury process, is that my mind had something else to focus on. And people would just think you were all about basketball. Well, of course they do, right? But they that, don't that's... know you. you know, those four walls start closing in on you. At some point, it's good to get out, get some fresh air, hear people talk a lot of trash, motivate you a little bit. It's fun, it's fun. I, I tell you like this, like, there'll be, there'll be people out there, fans out there that say, I don't like Kobe. Well, why? Well, he's arrogant and, you know, blah, this and the other. Well, when I play, yeah, I probably am arrogant, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but that's what I do, that's not who I am. There's a, there's a, there's a difference between the two. And when I step on that basketball court, man, I become something else. That doesn't define who I am as a person. Where you from? Where you from? I'm from Boston. I've gotten people come onto the street and you know, talk to them and stuff like that. And they, they, Man, you're not at all how I thought you were going to be. I was like, what? How the hell did you think I was going to be? <laughs> well, not that. I'm like, oh, okay, thanks, appreciate it. <laughs> but that's, that, I guess that's part of your evolution, though. People will get to know more. They will get to see the Kobe that's not the basketball player as you go forward in life. Thank you so much, man. You got it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind actually kind of just disappearing <laughs> for a little happen. bit and just kind of just resting and relaxing and chilling. All athletes, I think at this point, there is joy and pain at that level. Down there, it's just joy. There's no pain there. That's all joy. Right. You know, you get older, you start finding the, you know, the, the beauty that's, that, that's in that process, right? Whereas there, you know, it's, it's all in the, the fun. But as you get older, you start finding the beauty in the stretching, the ice baths, right? Eating the right things. You start kind of seeing it more from a 360 perspective. And you start trying to find the love in that, right? And find the beauty in that which is uh, completely different than being 21. Everybody's wondering, when is the end? Have you ever thought about it? Oh yeah, I wonder too. <laughs> I wonder too. And it, you know, when do you know? If one of your arms fall off. That's a pretty good indication. <laughs> Hopefully that won't happen. Oh, we're getting kind of close now. <laughs> well, even then you could still play with, you know, one hand. I mean, Kind of, I'll be a left hand sky hooking <laughs> son of a gun, man.
<laughs> you can't play. You can't. You gotta have all your limbs. Yeah, you know, I, I'm I'm fine with it though. I don't mind it. When it, when the end comes, I'm I'm fine with that. I'm not afraid of change. I'm not afraid of evolving or anything like that. I'm not afraid of it. You're okay looking in the mirror at your own physical mortality. Yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great. I mean, it's, 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 um, it's, I think there's beauty in that. It's completely fine. What's that final image of you going to look like? What's the final one? Young Hove in the house is so necessary. Greenland house so necessary. Why you fronting on me? Is that necessary? You know you become a star because you're the biggest target out there, right? When everyone's on the court, they're coming for you. When the opposing player walk into the arena, they're thinking about upstaging you. You're, you're like a trophy to them. They're thinking, if I'm better than this guy, the spotlight turns on me. So you know you're a superstar because you're a marked man. Everyone's coming for you. Overdose on being famous. 
Most canes get driven so insane that they try to hit the same vein that Kurt Cobain did. So dangerous, no strangers invited to the end to sink them. Are your chambers, low chambers, the enemies approaching. So rage your draw a bridge and drown them in the moat. Then, spirit, I'm evoking. It's kings who've been awoken from shots from those who was most close to them. They won't stop till you ghost to them. But real kings don't die, they become martyrs. Let's toast to them. King Arthur put a robe to them. Like James Brown, know the show ain't over until Rome's ruined. Till the Republic is overthrown. Till my loyal subjects is overhauled. Long live the king, no, the rain won't stop. They want my head on the chopping block, I won't die, nah. The king know the rain won't stop. Long live the, 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 the king.